0: Game of Thrones. Oh my god. And there's dragons. You gotta watch it. You see them. Keep... There's this fight scene. And this guy. Really The guy The I you dead. Watch you your you you. like, <coughs> guy or a girl? Seriously. We gotta see it. What's <laughs> his <laughs> name? <laughs> like What does <laughs> mean? And lost his hair. Your cool. fucking red wedding. I cannot
1: give you back your homes or restore your dead to life, but perhaps I can give you justice in the name of our king.
0: Welcome to the Coffee Clatch Crew Game of Thrones Instant Coffee Edition. I'm Jason.
1: I'm Christina.
0: And today we are going to go over episode two, Stormborn.
1: Yes, we're trying something new yet again. We must be confusing you fans, but we are realizing that these episodes have way too much packed in for only one podcast review. So when possible, we are going to try to give you two each week. And We're just trying to feel it out and see which format works better. So this week we're trying an instant cast... Right after the episode, our initial thoughts on it.
0: So this is going to be different than our normal casts. If you're just listening to us for the first time, know that we normally go more in depth. We give you more behind the scenes. And that will be coming later this week.
1: Yes, we will still have the deeper look episode, which will go into our title meaning, Thoughts on the opening sequence in the map. Fun facts, new faces and places.
0: Wolf watch
1: our Raven rating for the episode, and our MVB, Most Valuable Bannerman, and our Clatcher's comments with all of your feedback for this episode.
0: But that's next episode.
1: So right now, Jason, we're just going to give our overall thoughts. We haven't done any research, any looking into this. What did you think about this episode too?
0: Well, I really enjoyed it. Um, This episode left me feeling the exact opposite that Dragonstone did. Dragonstone, the ending credits came in and I was like, yes! This one I was like, oh my god.
1: (laughs) Oh dear, yes. And a totally different episode altogether, right? Because we spoke about how episode one was a lot of setup, very interesting, but a lot of quieter character moments and building the anticipation towards this explosive episode two where there's a lot of action going on and we end it with a big battle sequence.
0: And I have to say, I'm very proud of us. Almost all of our predictions, all of the things that we were saying, are coming true.
1: The biggest one has to be the Wolf Watch, right? The reappearance of Nymeria, which I know a lot of people saw coming, but we've been on the Wolf Watch train for many years.
0: Yes, that, Arya going back up north.
1: Well, that was yours. I didn't think she was going to do that.
0: The reason why Jar was there, Sam being able to heal him, or trying to at least. There's so many, I'm, I'm forgetting them.
1: Yeah, learning about... Both of their backgrounds, so Sam being able to tell him, hey, I knew your father, he was the Lord Commander, I served under him, I watched him die, and I'm not going to let that happen to you. Him being able to heal Jorah with the dragonglass. So I have to also say that last episode when we talked about the theory that the dragonglass might be able to heal him, we hadn't seen the analysis where people slowed that scene that he was looking at the book. Talking about dragon glass, and it actually saying it has healing properties and was ingested in order to do so. However, that's not what Sam's doing here. No, and we'll talk about that. Some kind of other procedure that's far more barbaric and dangerous.
0: You know, it's awesome in our Clatcher's comments episode, which was really fun. If you guys haven't heard that one, you definitely should listen to that one. I had spoke about watching the opening credits again and noticing that in the north, when they zoom away from the wall, that the water on the side, the right side looked frozen. And now, today, we saw all over the internet, people are talking about that.
1: (laughs) It's still a tricky shot, because when they're close up on it, it does look white and frozen. And as they zoom away, it starts to get darker blue.
0: Right. I think they're just winking at us. They're not trying to be too obvious.
1: I do have to say, if there's one thing I'm not sure how to feel about, there's more than winks happening here, especially in this episode. Oh my goodness. They are flat out flashing neon lights the double Ds, to say, hey, book readers, look, look, look. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm enjoying every minute of it. So what we're going to do here is we're just going to go quickly through the major locations and the big things that happen there and our initial thoughts about them. We'll start with Dragonstone, where we see that Danny is assembling her team and trying to plan for things. She's starting out by questioning Varys on his loyalty. And I wondered if that would happen, but I didn't think we were going to get so far into the showdown essentially between Mm -hmm. the two of them. And Vari's really not backing down and saying everything he's been saying all along. I don't stand for any one king or queen. I stand for the people and what's right for them. And I will support you because I think that you are the best to help them.
0: Yeah. I wasn't anticipating that. She started it off with, uh, I don't think I ever gave you the proper thank you. And then she goes hard on him. (laughs) Danny is not trusting many people. This season looks like she's learned from her past. One thing we do know is she really does trust Tyrion and we'll get into that later. But when she's talking to Varys, she started making me doubt Varys for a second. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember he did all this. And why would we trust him? But at the same time, I was like, we need him. Hopefully she she doesn't just kick him out now. That's the last thing you want to do.
1: Yeah, and in the very beginning, it was so hard to tell the difference between Varys and Littlefinger because they did seem to flip-flop sides, and they were always scheming with their own little birds or rumors or whatever they had on their side. But as time goes on, you realize the essential difference boils down to something huge, that Littlefinger is only for himself and all the things he's always wanted that he's not been able to have whereas Varys is for the realm and he wants peace and he wants for the small folk who are so often ignored. And she respects that. I think she's establishing something key about her rule by saying, yes, I will forgive even if people did serve on the wrong side last time around. And that's something Robert was able to do and keep his allies when he became king. But I didn't know if she would be able to bring herself to do that. She does so, but she says, if you betray me again, though, I'll roast you alive. I'll burn you alive. Watch your step.
0: But I love the way she does it. Swear this to me, Varys. If you ever think I'm failing the people, you won't conspire behind my back. You'll look me in the eye, as you have done today, and you tell me how I'm failing them. And I think Varys respects that.
1: Absolutely. He says he would expect nothing else from the dragon queen. This is how she should rule, and it's part of the reason he believes so strongly in her she has the ability to unite many different people and to forgive past wrongs if they will swear their loyalty now, which is exactly the same thing John was doing. But she also backs that up with a much harsher bottom line, but do not betray me. Be Mm -hmm. loyal to me, and if need be, I will come in with force and take you out. And and that's (laughs) kind of a different message. Uh, But yeah, I, I think he respects that, and he thinks it's right for the realm. Speaking of forgiving, well, she doesn't really know Melisandre's background, but she does take her in. And Varys is the one to say, Hey, listen, she served Stannis last time around. But I think Danny knows that the red priests and priestesses, the Lord of Light, is going to be important here. And Melisandre says that Danny's going to have a role to play, but so is John. Yeah. Encourages her to write to him, bring him there, hear him out. Ultimately, she does again because Tyrion says he trusts him. She's relying more and more on Tyrion's advice. And the letter says, yes, come, talk to me, but also bend the knee. Is she threatened in some way by
0: by Jon? I don't know. I, I did not see this coming. She was very cold with what she said. But I do think that Tyrion did not write that. I think Tyrion put his spin on it, and it was a lot more inviting. So in the letter, it seemed a lot more respectful and a lot more inviting.
1: Yeah, he had to write Danny's message, right? He had to say that because she told him to, but he needed John to know, this really is me, Tyrion, I'm on her side, and I'm going to make sure this thing doesn't go sideways if you come here.
0: Now, there's so much I want to talk about that scene, but we'll do that in a couple days in our full cast.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, because we move on very quickly to seeing them with the entire rest of the council that she's assembled. In the war room, talking about what to do next. The others, including Yara, want to strike at King's Landing now. But yet again, Danny heeds Tyrion's advice and says she doesn't want to slaughter.
0: I love this. I love the fact even Tyrion noticed. If you saw the look on his face, she followed what he said verbatim. And it definitely shows if she trusts anybody, it's Tyrion.
1: Well, and he's got quite a plan for what to do next, right? He is the first one to acknowledge <laughs> the Lannisters have always been the power behind the scenes. And we talked about this just last episode. The Mad King got super paranoid about that, that Tywin was his right-hand man, that they relied upon the Lannisters, their power, their gold. So Tyrion knows this, and he thinks, yes, they should siege the capital instead of attacking. They should do so with a Westerosi army, so that the people can't say she's coming in with a bunch of savages and killing everybody, so send the Dornish and the Tyrells to do that, while the Unsullied attack Casterly Rock. <laughs> and that just shut everyone up and united them on this cause. Uh, okay, yeah, that could work. All except for Lady Olena, and this really worried me, because privately she urged Danny to ignore Tyrion and everyone else's advice and be a dragon. What does this mean?
0: Well, like you said when we were watching the show, we know that Lady Olena wants revenge. And that's all she cares about. So I would say to ignore her.
1: Yeah, she's trying to push her into a quick fight, right? To, to go and attack King's Landing, to do things a little more brashly. But it doesn't seem like Danny listens to her. Because later we do see Theon and Yara on the ships. Presumably they were going to Dorne to do as they suggested. But I'm nervous because Lady Olenna is a very smart woman.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I think that she could have some impact eventually. And Danny might listen to her.
0: I think you're right. This scene was amazing. It really had me cheering for Tyrion. I almost forgot, which is funny to say, how badass he can be. And when he starts speaking about what their plans are, no one could say no to that. First of all, he did it with such confidence. And the plan sounded perfect. He shut the whole room up.
1: Yeah, and and I hate to keep harping on this, but it really seems like he's the only one that she does fully trust. She has all these other people around, and she's listening to them, and she's willing to work with them, but I kind of see the fear for the first time in a long time behind her tough exterior. This is the real game now. She's about to take on some very serious enemies, and she's allied with people that it's a very tenuous group, all held together by her, her will. And, and how much does she need to lay down the law? How much should she be forgiving? And I think that's why you throw somebody like Jon Snow in the mix, and it's a little concerning to him, somebody who's styling himself king in the north, but fighting for the true cause. And speaking of Jon, let's just head over to Winterfell, where him and Sansa are discussing the letter from Danny. She thinks it's a trap, but he argues they need her army on their side against the walkers, and after all, they can trust Tyrion.
0: Yeah, I said this last episode, and I'm going to continue to say it, I'm concerned about Sansa. Whenever she is on screen, I get a weird feeling. I think she's going to fuck some shit up.
1: I know. I, I understand that everybody feels very connected to her and wants to see her come out of this whole thing on top because of everything that she's been through, but... I've kind of been saying all the way through that, yes, I think she's gotten tougher. She's gone through adversity, and she is learning more about this scheming and plotting game. But I don't think she's been learning the right things from the right people. I think in a lot of ways, she still has growing up to do. Um, There is that kind of noble but a bit pig-headed and short-sightedness that she gets from the Stark side, you know, the, this sense of right and wrong and justice, and there's a, a fine mm-hmm. line, and, and John realizes you can't play that way anymore. No. You know, you have to expand this because the enemy is real and the dangers are real, and she keeps coming back to that real hard line. So especially if John's going to be leaving Winterfell and she's going to be ruling in his stead, mm-hmm. I wish there had been a little more time for John to bring her over to his vision. Yeah instead of leaving her with the likes of Littlefinger to guide her, because you know that's what's going to happen. But we see first that Jon goes with this raven to present his plan to the northern armies, saying that they need her. He's going to go with Davos. They're going to meet with Danny because they need the dragonglass and they need the allies.
0: Yeah, in one hand he's got Sam's letter, in the other hand he has Danny's. Mm -hmm. Why does everyone continue to doubt him? Whenever (laughs) he says (laughs) something, everyone has the opposite feeling and he has to work really hard to change everyone's mind. It's like, you chose me. Will you guys stop second-guessing everything I say?
1: Because he does keep coming out with these things that are controversial against many, many years and decades of the way things have been ruled, especially in the North with Mm -hmm. that that very hard line we've been talking about with the Stark rule. So he starts out as Lord Commander saying some crazy shit, like we're going to let the (laughs) Wildlings through the wall and they're going to fight with us. They're not our enemies anymore. Then he's got to convince people White Walkers are real and they're a threat to the kingdom. And now he's saying no, no, these Targaryen crazy conquerors, we're going to be friends with them, and I'm going to leave you guys in the middle of wartime to go meet up with this woman, and it might be a trap. (laughs) I can see the hesitation, and the last thing they need is Sansa in the other ear saying, Mm. this is a bad idea. All of their fears, she reinforces that. Of course. And so you can see the crowd turning, and I was really worried when even Lady Lyanna is saying, you're abandoning us.
0: As soon as she spoke up, I was like, oh, he does not have the room. She, She's not even backing him up.
1: Yeah, he's always relying on her. But by being honest and explaining where he's coming from and why they need to do this, he finally does get them back over to his side again.
0: Yeah, but the way he shuts Sansa up is by saying, in my leave, you will be ruling. Which doesn't make me comfortable because then her shutting up because now she'll be ruling mm. doesn't mean that she's going to do right by John.
1: Yeah. Or that she's going to follow along with what he would do yeah. in that position. Well, Because her big argument was, you're abandoning us. And again, I think there's this sense of hurt from everything she's been through underneath that. What she's really saying is, you're abandoning me. Yeah. You're leaving me like everybody else did to try to figure this shit out on my own. And I'm worried. But but when, instead of allowing her to fall back into that maybe more childlike notion, he empowers her to step up. Don't look at it that way. Take charge and help me to do this. And I'm hoping, if nothing else, this will finally push her to take that step up.
0: Yeah, if only Littlefinger wasn't there. Did you see the look on his face when Jon Snow said you'd be...
1: Grinning like a fool. Oh my God. This is what he's been waiting for this whole time, and he has got some balls on him. (laughs) First of all, following Jon into the
0: crypts, He
1: should have punched him right
0: off the bat. I was hoping he wouldn't let go of the throat.
1: Then he's reminding him, by the way, I saved you in the Battle of the Bastards. You need me. I loved Catelyn all along, and I know she underestimated you. He was even trying to push those buttons. (laughs) Uh, But now I love Sansa, so it's all good. What kind of a reaction did he think he was going to get from Jon for that one? And of course, we're going to talk about Arya in a second, but Jon goes out at the end of the scene, and so Arya's going to miss him. Just like she's been missing by a moment, right? seeing all these members of her family. Presumably Sansa will still be there, we have to hope. So at least there'll be that reunion.
0: Man, she's going to get there and she's going to be like, what the, again?
1: I'm hoping, because there's always misunderstandings with her. Like, what if she gets there, hears or sees that John isn't there and doesn't even have the time to realize that Sansa is and just winds up leaving again? I hope not. She's feeling very downhearted after what she's been through.
0: And she's alone.
1: Matter of fact, let's just talk about her because, oh boy.
0: It was never more obvious how alone she is and must feel than when she was at that fire in the middle of the woods by herself.
1: First she sees Hot Pie, which should be this great reunion, a friendly face now after so long, and she's just shut off to even connecting with him on any level. The only thing she takes from that is that she didn't realize Winterfell wasn't still under Bolton rule. And he's like, hey, uh, Hmm. your brother John is there, by the way. He took back Winterfell and he's now king in the north. So she changes her course and starts to ride north.
0: I knew it. I told you. You
1: are right. I really didn't think she was going to do that. And honestly, anything short of it's John, I don't think would have done it for her. But that was always the closest relationship. And that's why I'm so upset. They're going to miss each other again. My goodness. And the moment we were waiting for this whole time, when she's confronted by this pack of wild wolves, Nymeria is at the head of it, but it is not the reunion we had hoped for.
0: My goodness. So many emotions went through. I think I was actually tingling. Yeah, I wrote in my notes, I'm actually tingling when we saw the wolves show up. And now you could really see the difference in size from a dire wolf to regular wolves.
1: Oh, this is what a dire wolf is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. The way it was described in the books, twice as large, three times as large as a regular wolf. Man, she just looks so badass and amazing.
0: And we had said, I think even in the prepper, that she would be with a pack of other wolves and she'd be the head of it.
1: Yeah. She's learned to survive and, and she's done so by being wild and not being in service to a human from the time they first picked up these dire wolves, Ned tried to tell them they're not pets. Mm-hmm. They're not meant to be at your side and follow you around and live indoors. They are wild creatures, and that's where they're supposed to be. And unfortunately, we've seen the results of that prove out that wolf after wolf that tried to stand by their Stark owner and protect them wound up dying for it.
0: Yeah, those were the emotions and the thoughts going through my head when she was saying... Come with me. I'm going back home. And I said to myself, I don't really want Nymeria to go with her because she'll probably die. Speaking of that, the way that whole scene broke down, it was so beautiful. We had all the wolves coming up, snarling. It was scary. And then we see Nymeria.
1: And she was the scariest one of them all at oh, first. Yeah. And it it didn't look like she was going to back down until she said, it's Arya. Maybe you don't recognize me because you haven't seen me.
0: That scene was acted so brilliantly. The way she spoke to Nymeria... It's hard to describe. Yeah, the emotion in it, the sensitivity. You could feel Arya's heart in that scene.
1: And you could see Nymeria soften and her eyes just kind of go like, oh, yeah, Arya, I remember you. I'm not so wild that I can't remember where I come from. And it's just so crazy to think full circle, Arya saved her by chasing her away. Way back in the day when Joffrey wanted to have her killed. And she had to chase her off with rocks to get her to leave. And this is why she survived so long by reverting to the wild. So I really wondered what that statement meant when Arya said, please come with me. And she turned to go. And then very, very sadly, Arya says, that's not you.
0: There's two ways you could think. Arya actually thinks that wasn't Nymeria, which I doubt. Or Arya saying, yeah, you coming with me, that's just not you.
1: Mm. That's not the kind of wolf you are. At first, it seems like she's saying it can't. It can't be true. It can't be real because I've been wanting it for so long, and I can't allow myself to think that's real because now you've left me too. Mm. Right oh, after all okay. this, it's it, it's not you. You would have stayed with me.
0: Oh, I see. So you you saw it that way.
1: No, I. That's initially was my reaction because you have the sad swelling music, Nymeria turning her back, a very tearful Arya saying this, but. I then said exactly what you're saying, that it just wouldn't be you to do that. Right. I can't ask you to do that. <laughs> that's not you. So I'm going to hope that that's what it was. But either way, I think Arya is feeling very hurt and alone now, leaving that exchange. And I'm, I'm worried. Again, I'm always worried for <sighs> Arya. All right, we have three more areas to discuss. Let's talk about King's Landing. We have this very short clip to start it off, where Kybern takes Cersei to the pits under the Red Keep, mm. where the dragon statues are kept.
0: Such a cool scene, though.
1: Yeah. And he shows her the new weapon they have been toiling to create this massive, I don't even think you can call it a crossbow, but that's what it looks like, that can shoot directly through stone. And we have to assume if it can go right through that stone, it is yeah. going to take out a dragon.
0: That mad scientist. He's no joke. Um, I love the big skull that we got to see. That was a giant dragon. That was one of their greatest dragons.
1: Yeah, he tells us it was Balerion the Dread, the one that Aegon rode across the sea so long ago. His flames forged the Iron Throne and brought the Seven Kingdoms down. And he was powerful, but not invincible. And that's where this whole idea came from. I mean, we'll talk about this more on the next cast, what those statues are doing down there and why they're important. But I guess it got Kyburn thinking, we could make a weapon to fight these guys. Oh. And he's done it.
0: You know a dragon's going to die.
1: Man, Kyburn is a weapon that everybody has underestimated from day one. He was kicked out of the Citadel, but gained all of this knowledge still about what it means to be a maester. He's learned the ways of the world. He is a cunning man.
0: He's a maester that's willing to actually do something.
1: He's a dark maester, if you want to call him that. And later we see Cersei trying to rally what men she has left to gain these allies and convince them of the danger of the Mad Queen and her savage army, much the way we thought she would. Uh, what I didn't expect was Jamie pulling Randall Tarley aside to try to get him to serve as his general by promising him to be Warden of the South if they win.
0: Yeah, we got to see how persuasive Jamie can be. He's very good. Randall Tarley was not convinced after Cersei spoke to him, but I think, well, we know. Now that Jamie said he wants him to be the ranking general, and if they win, they will be Warden of the South. And the way he told him, the way he broke it down, he had to first create a seed of doubt in Lady Olena's banner because we know that they're a vassal house to the Tyrells. So.
1: Yeah, and he's known Lady Olena forever, too. Yep. He says that. It's, it's also personal. I mean, listen, we've only ever seen Randall Tarly as the jerk father of Sam, but he is a brilliant military man. And again, we'll get more into that next time. Cersei knows the value and so does Jamie of having this guy on their side. Part of what makes him so great, though, is he actually does believe in honoring this oath that he made. So it's not going to be easy to turn him against them, but ah, uh, this Warden of the South thing is seeming huh. to have some influence on him. Plus, like you said, just saying Lady Olena has lost it. She's bringing savages over. Uh, Dothraki are coming to Westeros for the first time ever. I think probably makes him feel less bad about breaking that oath. It's not really doing that anymore if she's gone bonkers. But more on that next time. I really want to talk about what's going on at the Citadel. (laughs) I, I think I find this the most riveting out of any place we're seeing. You know, first you see Archmaester Ebros pronouncing this grim outlook for Jorah. I mean, yeah, he could live 10 to 20 years, but he's only got top six months until his mind starts to go. And basically there's no curing him because... He's unwilling to do this procedure that Sam brings up. It's just too dangerous.
0: I kept saying, Sam's going to fix him. He's going to fix
1: him. Yeah. Found it in a book. Surprise, surprise. But, (laughs) you know, uh, Ebros makes a good point. The guy that wrote this book wound up dying of grayscale. Yeah. So clearly this procedure was not 100%. And Sam knows that he's risking getting this by helping Jorah. Oh, for sure. Because the same thing could happen to him. So he goes down there in his gloves his big black gloves, to try to protect himself. And I don't know what I was expecting, but not this. Oh. He basically has to skin Jorah alive.
0: Oh, God, that was so hard to watch.
1: I mean, his whole upper body is covered in this. How did he ever think he was going to do this without Jorah?
0: Screaming? Scream- making any noise? Couldn't he huh. knock him out? Something, right? Did they have
1: just the punch ability the to... Just the guy in the face. Did
0: they have, like, anesthesia or something?
1: <laughs> well, I think that's why he brought him the rum we know they had milk of the poppy oh yeah which was like their narcotic I think if he gave him enough of that and then punched him in the face (laughs) he probably would have gone out I mean listen if that's me that's what I want to happen do whatever you gotta do because you're gonna pass out from pain eventually anyhow
0: that's what I thought yeah such a graphic scene huh Close ups of his Ooh. skin being peeled away and this yellow pus coming out. Oh,
1: yeah. I don't think I guess I just thought it was literally hardening. I didn't realize it was like an infection underneath yep. the scales. And I really thought the dragon glass was going to be what he was going to use eventually. But instead, he's following this maester's procedure. And I don't know what he's putting on afterwards, yeah. but some type of medicine
0: Neosporin. that
1: will make it heal. I just Oh, it doesn't look good.
0: There's so much on his body. Yeah, that's a lot of peeling.
1: We've only seen his upper body. I mean, please, I hope that's all it extends oh, to. Oh,
0: Goodness. Then we have that transition to the soup.
1: Again. That got
0: me going. Why, Un- why, oh, my Can God. they just get over
1: that? I mean, really? <laughs> No, I like <laughs> it. <laughs> it's just enough grossness. Oh, my goodness. All right. The last thing we're going to talk about is on board the ship. The Sand Sneaks are arguing. Alaria's is drinking with Yar and Theon. The two women are about to get frisky when an attack comes from above. And Euron's armada lays waste to this Greyjoy fleet. Not even a fighting chance.
0: So we know good TV, good movies, the bad guy is going to get some wins before the good guys get wins. But with Game of Thrones, we don't know if that's going to happen. But we do see what is happening. Cersei is getting some wins right now under her belt. And this is one of our predictions. Remember I said her trophy from Euron is going to be the Sand Snakes?
1: Well, you thought the Sand Snakes, but it's not. It's going to be Yara. Well, he might be bringing the dead heads of the Sand Snakes. Right. Well, I killed these people. But his prize is Yara. Now, I don't know why Cersei's really going to care so much about the Greyjoys. I mean, yeah, they had this fleet that joined up with Danny, so she's not too pleased about that. And she's definitely going to be happy to hear that he laid waste to the fleet yeah. and took out the Sand Snakes. I mean, that's a good move.
0: But, I, I, you know, I'm kind of pissed off because the Sand Snakes really messed him up. He got shot in the neck. He got stabbed. He got...
1: He's like the Terminator uh, now. And he
0: just wouldn't die. Two Sand Snakes kick the crap out of him before he dies. And then Yara comes in and is fighting really well and kicking his oh, butt. she's a good fighter. So, like, how is this dude fine after all that? And as we said in our preview cast, this is another thing we got right. Nymeria Sand, we said, most likely was going to be killed because the actress is also in a Marvel TV show on Netflix.
1: Yeah, I thought they might, though, have one good moment before they went out. I got to say, that's been one weak point for me and for a lot of people for Game of Thrones is this whole Sand Snake business. And they went out pretty much just as lame as they came in. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and... I was fine with that because I was waiting for it to be Yara and Theon that really had their moment. Yeah. I mean, those are the people you oh, want to see triumph over Euron, right? And she's doing pretty well. Like you said, all she needed was Theon to step in and help her out. And at the very moment
0: where he needs to, Reek comes in. Reek comes back out. So heartbreaking. That's what we needed. The look on Yara's face, she trusted him. She led him back into the fold. She thought they he had They just had, had the it. speech that he would be her protector.
1: She thought he had it until the minute he jumped. She could see him struggling with it, but she knew that he needed to have this moment. You know, he's been working to try to recover and get back and find himself. He needed a moment of bravery to come back out on top, and he just ran. I mean, how many blows can one dude suffer and still, you gotta think this is it for him now, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you, you know, George and the uh, Double Ds are really good at making us hate and then love and then hate characters. Do you think there's any coming back for him? Or is there anything he can do that would make you appreciate him again? Yes. He could save Yara. Okay, if he saves Yara, yes. Okay.
1: He could save Yara somehow from this predicament that she's in. and, And that would show that he's found his bravery and is willing to come back and fight again. But... I could just as likely see him taking his own life now. I mean, I don't think he's going to die out there on the sea just from floating around. I think he, he could live if he wants to. But um, I don't know that he's got any will mm. left.
0: I just realized you were talking about the gift. I think the gift himself is Yara, but Ilaria's there, mm. and they have her. That's the gift. Yeah, that's, that's the, main the gift. real
1: gift. And that's what most people thought it would be is Alaria.
0: And when we were predicting this episode, we were talking about the kiss. It was a real kiss, and I told you. I'm surprised it was a real kiss. Yara's pimp game is strong. I I guess
1: so. She's she's very charming, but I didn't think uh for an instant yes, Alaria is a very sexual being, but she's always planning <laughs> too, you know. I thought there had to be something behind that. Uh but yeah, I guess that's that's what it was. I I'm thinking back to when Theon was in the worst predicament of his life being held by Ramsey and Yara came in to try to save him.
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: So that has to be in the back of his mind. And and I'm really hoping that will prompt him to want to do the same. Now, I don't know how in the hell he's going to take her back from Euron or from King's Landing. It doesn't seem likely, but he could go back to, to Danny and get some more manpower to try to do that. She's not going to be happy that no. this entire fleet was sunk. My goodness, what does she do without all those ships now?
0: I don't know. I mean, that was one of their main plans, right? They were going to siege King's Landing, the city.
1: Now, I know only part of that's by water, but a very important part, if you can't yeah. stop his armada, then you really can't successfully do the siege without slaughter. So will she now have to fall back on that?
0: I still can't get over this scene because when Yara was fighting Euron, remember I kept saying, Theon's going to save her. Theon's going to save her. And I imagined mid-fight, Theon comes from behind and just stabs him. That would have been epic.
1: I really, I thought he was going to have an instant where he struggled with it, but he would overcome it. Like this was it. (sighs) I'm just so disappointed. Okay. I'm done on my Theon rant. Uh, One of the last things we have to say is there are a few people we didn't see in this episode. There was no Hound and crew. Beric and Thoros. Uh, there were no White Walkers. Nope. So anxious to see where they're at because we also didn't see the wildling contingent that was supposed to be headed to Eastwatch. And there was no Bran in the wall. So I know we got all of that last time. And I guess hopefully we'll see them next episode.
0: This is hard. There's so much more I want to say. But we got to keep this short so we can get this out by tomorrow. I really enjoyed this episode. Bittersweet like Game of Thrones always does to you. We want to know what the Clatcher's feelings are. In our next episode, we again will go deeper into this episode, but we will also go over Clatcher's comments, which is our favorite part. So send us emails, contact at coffeeclatchcrew.com with what your theories are, how you felt about this episode, or you can tweet us at podcast.
1: I really want to know what you think about this meeting between John and Danny. Yeah. How will it go? Will they find some peace? Does Sam do this? Procedure successfully? Does he save Jora? Oh, I hope he does. If so, are they fleeing next episode from the Citadel headed to Dragonstone? Uh, what does Danny do without her armada now? There's so much to think about. So please give us your thoughts and we'll discuss it on the deep dive.
0: Oh, this was fun. Very different. It's really late at night and we have to work tomorrow. So. <laughs> Get those emails coming. And if you're not already, subscribe to our podcast, leave a rating and review.
1: Thank you again to all those positive reviews that are just pouring in. We'll also talk about that next time. Keep them coming. Because we're going to be getting this episode out at you earlier in the week, the next one might be a day or so later than last time, so we can really do the research. But uh, we'll have that out as soon as we can.
0: Till next time, this round's on me. This round is on me. and try again.